0: Today's My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by GymAware, the leading tool when measuring performance in the weight room. Guys, VBT is all the craze right now. It's a hot, sexy topic, although it's something that's been around for a while. And the man who wrote the book on velocity-based training, Brian Mann, has called the GymAware the Rolls-Royce when it comes to velocity measuring devices. Guys, the ability for you to shoot all your information right up into the cloud and store it right away is enough for for me right there to, to make sure that this is something that I had in my weight room. Putting things together with instant feedback as to how the reps are being performed, on top of that with the x-axis correction so you don't have to necessarily worry about direct positioning when you're performing the exercises, tying that in with the visualization of everything and the ability to allow the athletes to compete, make this an absolutely stellar tool and something I couldn't recommend you having in your weight room enough. Hop on over to kinetic.com.au today and see everything that they have to offer. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive member's website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com slash community and check it out today. Hey guys, what's up? Jay DeVeo coming at you with another My Thoughts Monday. and um, I want to discuss a topic that a lot of coaches have talked about here in the recent past. Um, and that revolves around the reporting structure in which strength and conditioning coaches fall under. There seems to be a divide when it comes to coaches as to who our direct supervisor should be and what our role is as coaches. And I kind of want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here for a minute and talk about that because there's a lot of statements and, and people who are who believe that we shouldn't report under sport coaches. we shouldn't um, be under them when it comes to like a supervisory type position. While I do partially agree with that and that's obviously similar to the model that sports medicine follows, I also feel that there has been a lot of positives that have come not just for individual coaches, but for coaches in the profession as a whole because of our connections to specific sport coaches. The first would be there's now the ability for many coaches to provide greater care or greater amounts of work and different things to specific teams when I started this 15 years ago, there's no way I would have been able to go to breakfast with a team. There was no way I would be able to have done the monitoring work that we have done with with different teams. Simply because you were constantly coaching. And I think we forget that. Like, you know, not to sound like the old curmudgeon guy, but you know, Back in the day, we were coaching from 6, 5, 6 in the morning until 7 o'clock at night. Easy. You were running groups in almost every hour on the hour. And there are still coaches that are doing that. That are running groups all day, every hour on the hour. Maybe with a little break for lunch. Maybe with a little break to work out. But now... Since sport coaches have been able to have more of a say as to who's on their staff, that has started to change a bit. There are more and more departments now that have a greater staff and have separated football from Olympic sports or even now more so football, basketball, and Olympic sports so that there is better care and better training provided to the student athletes. This wasn't the case until sport coaches stepped up. Period. It wasn't. So if we were to separate ourselves from that, we would need to be willing to go back to what it was. The grind, as we so lovely like to call it. Coaching constantly. Never being at practice and having a completely different relationship level with all the athletes that we work with. And you better be ready to work with all the athletes, period. I think the second thing that we need to keep in mind is that compensation, albeit still not fantastic for the most part, has increased exponentially because of the role that sport coaches have had when it comes to having their quote-unquote guy, right? I mean, these these massive salaries that you now see in football, those wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for a sport coach saying, I need coach X, and you're going to pay this individual Y, and it's going to be part of my contract. We'd all still be, you know, making twenty-four to $30,000 a year if it wasn't for a sport coach stepping up and saying, you need to pay this guy X. Because then the next coach comes by and says, well, you need to pay my guy X plus 10% and dot, dot, dot. It's gotten to the point now that even not at the highest level, in basketball there's coaches that make over six figures a year. That's awesome. Isn't that what we want? We want coaches to be compensated better. We wanted coaches to have less of a broad spectrum of responsibilities and be able to focus in more on their specific athletes. This has happened because sport coaches have stepped up and done that. This hasn't happened because administration says that. This has happened because the sport coaches said to administration that this needs to happen. Now, I do understand that there are some cons in this situation, and there always will be but we have to look at where we were versus where we are and understand that this symbiotic relationship has been one that has allowed us to continually move forward, to continually dive into deeper methods and means and and the ability to to focus in more on the individual. And it's something that has helped us. Yes, yes. There have been times and there have been situations where it has hindered coaches, it has cost coaches jobs, and it has done other things. And as we walk into the second coaching carousel of the year, and that being the one that revolves around college basketball, there is going to be movement. There will be people that will change positions and new positions that will open. And some really good coaches may, unfortunately, be looking for employment elsewhere. And that sucks. And I don't think that's right. And I don't think that's fair to the good coaches that may be displaced from their position. And I do understand that, that plight. And I do understand that there needs to be a way to make sure that coaches are taken care of no matter what. There will be people that will be getting positions that will be massive steps up for them. There will be people that those positions that are being, you know, opened are very well going to turn into positions that may be paying better, that may be opening more doors for other people, that may be creating other positions because it was once one position will now become two positions that will pay people better. And I think these are things that we need to keep in mind. The NFCA has a huge number of people involved in it, but less than a quarter are strength and conditioning coaches at the college level. Those positions continue to grow, those those positions continue to be highly competitive, and if we want to make sure the compensation for those positions continues to increase and continues to be more and more what we would consider fair, then we have to make sure, in my opinion, that we don't alienate and separate the sport coaches. Because at the end of the day, those are the people that are in the public eye getting the scrutiny and getting beaten up for us in order to help them have a better product. Again, just devil's advocate. But I think that we need to be very careful as to how quickly and how far we want to separate ourselves from sport coaches when it comes to improving our our profession as a whole when it comes to compensation and responsibilities of the strength and conditioning coach. Again, this is just a My Thoughts Monday, and where I see this in the grand scheme of things, um, we need to be careful before we run away from people that might actually really be trying to help us in the long run. Thanks guys, I hope you have an awesome week, and uh, we'll be back next week with another one. See ya.